They actually seem to believe that we don't know what they're doing and what their game plan is, but we do. And we're pissed because it's been our work, it's been our treasure, our blood that's done everything positive America has ever done. It's been its citizens. It hasn't been a bunch of elitist thugs who are parasites on the very system they seek to destroy. They call us deplorables, insurrectionists, domestic terrorists, even as they allow deadly drugs and countless numbers of people wanting to destroy us across our borders, even as they push vaccines that kill our children and imprison real American patriots and commit treason many times over. While we Americans are unlike any people tyrants have faced before, we know our rights, we demand our freedom and liberty, and we demand the servants of the people learn their place. And let me ask you this. Do you think Jimmy is roaming around the White House tonight trying to find a meatloaf to warm himself up on? <laughs> I don't think the card is eating meatloaf. <laughs> Who the hell are they? They're all eating Georgia. <laughs> oh, let me tell you something. I am so sick of Washington and all its works and all them politicians down there and them congressmen. The congressman, boy. I'll bet you won't find none of them congressmen signing down their electric blankets tonight. Because if they did, their secretaries would get up and go home. <laughs> oh, readers, the Democrats is doing the whole the Democrats. And you put them in there. <laughs> That's the face you had on you when you come back in the polls. Well, the Democrats' way of running this country is to go tell us all how we ought to make sacrifices. God, they're great on that stuff. <laughs> but they're all going to have us over the hill to the poorhouse. We ain't going to be able to drive over there because we ain't got no gas, so we're going to have to walk it. Oh, the Reader's Digest says walking is very good for you. <laughs> oh, ain't that lovely? The Reader's Digest can always put a little joy into poverty. <laughs> Listen, my whole point My whole point is this whole thing with the energy and everything. This is all a conspiracy. Don't you know that? It's a conspiracy there. Listen, for years, all our lives, they've been telling us to go out and buy stuff that use energy. You know, all electrical stuff. Like electric toasters, electric ovens, electric stoves. Electric stereo, electric TV, electric race, electric hair blower, electric knives, electric every damn thing. Not to mention the cars. And now, after all the big corporations there make the billions and billions of dollars worth of profits, signals, wham, they're changed. And after telling us for years that we can't live without this junk, now they tell us that we gotta live without it. The country is going straight into the dumper. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Ain't that the truth? The country's going straight into the dumper, and they want to tell us what we can and do, can and cannot do, what we can and cannot have. Gas stoves and blah blah blah. From 32 ounce ounce uh, software drink, uh, drinks being too too much, to well, let's take a look at a couple of things that have come up here recently. <laughs> Good old Elizabeth Warren. She's now coming for your sandwiches. 
Today's left is indeed out of control. Well, it's about time Senator Elizabeth Warren wants your, your assault sandwiches. Yes, these big corporate sandwiches of war are going to put peaceful small sandwich shops out of existence. Sandwich control now. And $5 footlongs be gone. In a Monday op-ed titled Elizabeth Warren Wants to Break Up Big Sandwich, Tom Joyce of the Washington Examiner noted that Warren was striking back at the fact that private equity firm Rourke Capital is purchasing Subway. Yes, that's something I'm sure we're all concerned about in the midst of this economy and um, in the midst of watching our individual freedoms go down the toilet along with our country. Yes, the purchase of Subway is uh, number one on my plate. What's the big deal? Well, Rourke already owns several sandwich shops, Arby's, Jimmy John's, McAllister's Deli, and Schlotzky's. That's the problem, according to Pocahontas. So, yeah, so they're coming for your sandwiches. I want to control that. But um, at the same time, what do they want to do? They want to increase their own wealth and power. While you peasants out there, uh, you just can't complain. And as if going for your sandwiches wasn't enough, we have the woke corporations. Now they're going to change our potato chips. The Lay's chip, the I can't eat just one potato chip. Well, they're going to change your formula to become more woke. They're going to meet the World Health Organization standards. I don't know if that means that more bug parts are going to be in your potato chips, perhaps. But it ain't looking good for the home team. They're coming after everything and anything. They're blind with power. They are the fascists. You know, it's funny that, uh, that uh, you know, we, the MAGA people, get called fascists all the time, yet we have this nonsense going on from the far left. And, uh, you know, all we want is to be left alone to pursue our God-given talents and abilities to succeed in life or not. We want that responsibility to be on our shoulders. There's no equal outcome. There is no utopia. There is no getting rid of the bad side of humanity. Uh, we're talking about the base instincts that people have that um, you can't coexist out of existence. <laughs> so I wanted to show that uh, little clip in the beginning because it does such a good job. And what's funny is you got uh, Rob Reiner, who is, uh, well, if you haven't followed his Twitter posts, you should do that. Uh, one of the most insane, unhinged leftist uh, morons that are out there. Meathead was an appropriate name, and he hears that a lot. But... Uh, yeah, if you haven't said, if you haven't been following them, maybe you want to check it out and get a couple good laughs. But so we have them going after all of this, right? And um, but we have bigger fish to fry, right? We have more important things like this post. You know, below is the uh, gallery of what I saw, mostly men from Islamic African nations of, and uh, south of the border. So this is the most illegal uh, crossers, Lukeville, Arizona. Um, just an example. You can see in the pictures here that most of these people are 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 not uh, are not families. It's not families coming across the border. Uh, the greatest number of people coming across the border are uh, military-aged males that want to kill us. <laughs> you know, and I know. Oh my God, people are going to go nuts about that, right? Because I I'm I'm such a racist. Uh, 
no, I'm not a racist. I want our, our border to be protected. Uh, Biden screams up and down, and the whole regime screams about the Ukraine's right to have their borders as they allow fentanyl and everything else to come across our border. There will be American blood on their hands because there will be there will be terrorist attacks because of the current border situation. Uh, it's it's unavoidable. So as you scroll down through these pictures, I mean, you can see you can see uh, that the majority of these people are military-aged males, which is scary for the United States. Uh, I think we all believe that coming to the land of opportunity is, is a good thing, but we also all agree that you should do it right. So as they're modifying potato chip recipes and trying to take your sandwiches, they're also kicking veterans out of nursing homes to make room for those migrants, right? Migrants, no. Illegal aliens, yes. 94-year-old uh, veteran struggles after being kicked out of nursing home, replaced by illegal aliens. What does it say about a nation that tells its veterans it can't care for them because it's too busy making illegal immigrants comfortable, illegal aliens comfortable? The Island Shores Senior Residence and Assisted Living Facility in Staten Island, New York, kicked out resident residents, including 94-year-old Army veteran Frank Tomorrow, because the owner of the nonprofit Homes for Homeless decided to focus on its core mission of serving the homeless families. Tomorrow was abruptly, abruptly told in September of 2022 that his senior residence would be closing and residents would need to vacate by March of 2023. The news came as a shock to 53 elderly residents, many of whom had called Island Shores home for years. What the hell is wrong with people in this country? What there's got to be there's got to be some dollars behind this move, you know and. and uh, this article is not old, by the way, just because it it, it says that uh, this occurred, you know, back in the early part of the year. This is an article from uh, just a couple days ago, or or uh, uh, actually yesterday. So hard to believe it's December already, isn't it? It's crazy. And then uh, yesterday I talked about this young Chiefs fan who is part Native American who had the Chiefs colors, the black and the uh, the red, as you can see, his jersey is black and red. Um, anyway, the left called him all kinds of nasty names, and he's just a young boy. So woke narcissism destroys everything, including the joy of innocence. Once the destruction has occurred, however, it brings great satisfaction to see the joy renewed in an act of defiance. And that's what this little boy and his family are doing. Wednesday on Jesse's Waters, uh, Jesse Waters, uh, primetime show, uh, nine-year-old Kansas City Chiefs fan, accompanied by his father, resolved to continue wearing the black and red face paint that left full-grown adults triggered and complaining of racism over the weekend. Absolute nonsense. You people should be ashamed of yourselves. Used to be in this country, like I said yesterday, you're innocent until proven guilty. You your intent was something that, and this is really the this is really the crux of the whole situation. The the woke uh, the woke idiots on the left they automatically assign your intent to you. 
right? They can assign everything today. You can assign your gender. You can even assign your species. Doesn't matter what science says or what your chromosomes say. Doesn't matter what your DNA says. You can assign anything you want. So they look at us and they assign all kinds of evil intentions. Used to be that you used to give a person the benefit of the doubt and you used to ask them what their intentions actually were. Now, they don't bother doing that. They go straight all out woke. They throw temper tantrums, they burn and loot, they assault people based on their skin color, and they attack anybody who, see, who seems to them to be victimizing them because they're all a bunch of safe space crybabies who can't see truth and don't have any common sense whatsoever. Here's another one. A fitting image of the Biden White House National Christmas Tree collapses two days before the lighting ceremony. Guess what? This is a message from God. This is a message from God saying Christmas is not about gifts or power or wokeness or all this idiocy that's going on in our country. It's also a representation of what's happening to our nation. Isn't it? It's just so fitting. You know, I had to. I had to show this story. Um, <laughs> it's it's insane. I'll be right back after this brief break. After we watched our daughter Grace die on FaceTime, I uh, immediately felt that I needed to go to the hospital, though I was still pretty sick. And I met Jessica and our pastor there. And um, while we were in the room, we, Jessica and I, had to spend a few moments just with Grace alone. And it was, it was just a horrific. Um, sight to come upon was the fact that her daughter Grace was now gone. Um, the emotions that came over the top of our minds and just our physical bodies were just unbelief. We, uh, we took her BiPAP off because it was still on. This was hope and prayers that somehow she wasn't really gone and as soon as we did that the color of grace changed and um, we had to accept that she was truly gone. Not one person stepped foot in that room. How can you do that? How can you allow an innocent person, a child, she's only 19 years old, die in front of your eyes? You don't do that. If you're human, you don't do that. They knew they weren't going to convince us to put Grace on a ventilator. That means the money was going to dry up. They had to have the money. And when you follow the money trail all the way through, you see that a ventilator is about a $300,000 decision. That they had higher paying patients in the emergency room. Grace was worth more dead than alive. 
We don't just need food. We need to eat food with a high nutritional value. Who wants to just survive food shortages? Let's thrive in times of adversity and lack. Optimize your daily nutrition and ensure you and your family have our two-year shelf-stable kingdom fuel as a cornerstone of your emergency food supply. Don't sacrifice your health or your taste buds. Stock up on Kingdom Fuel now. Ignore the thought police and subscribe or follow the Patriot Review. It's your patriotic duty. We're back. If you want to get your hands on some Kingdom Fuel, you can go to Sherwood.tv slash TPR. Sherwood.tv slash TPR. Also, if you haven't seen the documentary Breaking the Oath yet, you can see it for free on my website, redbloodedpatriots.com, redbloodedpatriots with an S.com, or you can see it free on America First Productions, America the number one ST Productions.com. You can also get the director's edition. Uh, you can save 10 bucks and get it for 19.99, which gives you more content, more interview content, and uh, that you can you can go to America First Productions for. You can also then download the documentary in its entirety and the clips as well, and um, share them as you will. So hope you check that out. Also, if you are tired of supporting these woke corporations, like I mentioned, the the the, the Lay's potato chips. Um, you know, if you are, are tired of supporting woke corporations, you can do the Patriot Switch. You can go to Shop for Freedom, shop the number four freedom dot online and get some great American made products from a family based business that uh, has the same values as you and I do, which I think it's important to support. We would all agree. Also, if you want to get your hands on some of the Zlenko products, you can do so by clicking the link in my show description. And you can get some good deals as well. All right, so one of the one of the uh, one of the YouTube channels that I really like is Forgotten History, and they do a series called The Most Corrupt, and they look at different presidents. and And um, they just did a piece a few days ago on Joseph Biden. You know that guy that uh, wanders around like a Roomba or whatever it may be, like uh, a possum who can't decide which side of the road it wants to go on, so they end up getting hit by a car. Uh, so anyway, they do that. I want to show you their part one on Joseph Biden because it uh, does a good job explaining who he is. And uh, I'll show that to you now, and then we'll come back. And I also want to highlight later in the show uh, Trump and why, what the difference is and uh, why Trump is so hated, as you saw in my show description. So let's get started with the first part here. Welcome to part one of our Most Corrupt series episode on Joseph Biden. For his entire political career, he has been a resident of Delaware. And after a very few years as an attorney, he has spent the last five decades in public office as a U.S. Senator, Vice President, and currently President. Biden has had a colorful, if not that remarkable, career. Who is Joe Biden? What does his life say about his character? What has he accomplished, if anything, during his political career? Hello, I'm Colin Heaton, military veteran, historian, author, and welcome to this episode of Forgotten History. 
Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. was born on November 20, 1942, and grew up for a short time in the city of Scranton, Pennsylvania, but the family moved to Delaware and he never returned. He still likes to claim that he is a Scranton boy, although many of the locals do not claim him. His siblings are Valerie Biden Owens, James B. Jim Biden, and Francis William Biden. His father, Joseph Biden Sr., worked cleaning furnaces and later worked as a used car salesman. His mother was Catherine Eugenia Jean Finnegan. Biden attended St. Paul's Elementary School in Scranton, but in 1955 the family moved to Mayfield, Delaware when he was 13 years old. Biden struggled with a stutter as a child, and kids gave him the nicknames of Dash and Joe Impedimenta. After high school, Biden attended the University of Delaware, studied history, political science, and he claimed he played football. However, during a campaign stop in Athens, Ohio in October 2012, then-Vice President Joe Biden said the last time he was in town, he was playing against the Ohio University football team in 1963 and that he almost got arrested for walking to a girls' dormitory. The fact is, he never played for his college football team, although his official biography still has that claim. But he did develop an interest in politics during these years, primarily by the election of John F. Kennedy in 1961. He met his first wife, Nalia Hunter, also a Syracuse University student, while on vacation in the Bahamas. After graduating from Delaware in 1965, he was accepted to Syracuse University Law School and married Hunter in 1966. Biden was a mediocre student at best and did not have an impressive academic resume throughout college, and this substandard performance followed him into law school. During his first year in law school, he failed a course for failing to properly cite a reference to a law review article. After graduation from law school in 1968, where he barely survived, Biden moved to Wilmington, Delaware to practice law as a public defender and was an active member of the Democratic Party. He was elected to the Newcastle County Council in 1970, where he served as councilman. Then Biden started his own law firm in 1971. Biden and his wife, Nylia, had three children, Joseph Bowe, born in 1969, Robert Hunter, born in 1970, and Naomi, Amy, born in 1971. In 1972, the Delaware Democratic Party encouraged Biden, then 29 years old, to run against the Republican incumbent J. Caleb Boggs for the United States Senate. Biden's campaign was managed by his family members, and his sister, Valerie Biden Owens, was his campaign manager. His brothers and both parents also campaigned for him. Biden won in an upset to become the sixth youngest U.S. Senator elected in American history. Just before Christmas in 1972, Biden's wife and three children were involved in a fatal car accident while shopping for a Christmas tree. His wife and daughter were killed and sons Bo and Hunter were badly injured. To his credit, Biden did not attend the swearing-in ceremony for new senators in Washington, 
as he wanted to be near his two surviving sons and prepare for the services for his wife and daughter. Instead, he took the oath of office from his son's hospital room. This was when Biden decided to continue to live in Wilmington and commute to and from Washington each day using the Amtrak train, which he continued to do during his time in the Senate. After Congress failed to ratify the Salt II Treaty signed in 1979 by Soviet General Secretary Leonid Brezhnev and President Jimmy Carter, Biden met with Soviet Foreign Minister Andrei Gromyko. They addressed the concerns that Americans had, and Biden worked with Gromyko and secured changes that addressed the Senate Foreign Relations Committee's objections. Getting back to his relationship, according to Biden, he met teacher Jill Tracy Stevenson, née Jacobs, in 1975, supposedly on a blind date, according to their mutual story. However, it has surfaced that they were having an affair, as Jill was married to Delaware business owner Bill Stevenson at that time. Jill filed for divorce and wanted the house and the settlement, which was contested by Stevenson on the provable grounds of adultery. Stevenson stated that Joe's brother, Francis Biden, paid him a personal visit and threatened him after the divorce, which Stevenson won. Joe and Jill were married at the United Nations Chapel in New York on June 17, 1977. But according to Stevenson, who stated, Frankie Biden of the Biden crime family comes up to me and goes, give Jill the house or you're going to have serious problems. I looked at Frankie and I said, please, are you threatening me? And uh, needless to say, about two months later, my brother and I were indicted for that tax charge for $8,200. It should be noted that while Hunter Biden was charged with two misdemeanor counts for $2.2 million in unpaid taxes coming from entities by the Obama and Clinton appointed members of the Eternal Revenue Service and Department of Justice, Stevenson and his brother were charged with two felonies over $8,200 in unpaid taxes in a personal vendetta by Joe Biden. We will revisit Biden's use of federal agencies for personal gain later in part two, as it was apparent even at that time Biden was willing to use his federal office for a personal agenda against other people. In the mid-1970s, Biden was one of the Senate's strongest opponents of race integration busing. His Delaware constituents strongly opposed it, and such opposition nationwide later led his party to mostly abandon school integration policies. Biden admitted that he and Hillary Clinton had been mentored by West Virginia Senator and former Ku Klux Klan legal or recruiter Robert C. Byrd, who filibustered against both the Voting Rights and Civil Rights Acts in the 1960s during the Lyndon B. Johnson administration. Biden himself has stated that he was opposed to forced busing because he did not want his kids living in a racial jungle, a sentiment expressed by his wealthy Democrat supporters, especially in Delaware. He opposed a constitutional amendment banning busing entirely as long as it was used in the South or other places not affecting himself or his voting constituents. During the first Democratic primary debate in 2019, Kamala Harris brought up Biden's harsh opposition to busing as a means of integrating schools in the 1970s. In 1976, Biden supported a measure forbidding the use of federal funds for transporting students beyond the school closest to them to enforce integration. There was backlash. 
and in 1977 he co-sponsored an amendment by closing the loopholes in that measure, which was signed into law by President James Carter in 1978. This would not be the first time Biden would change his official position on an important topic if it meant that he could sway votes and stay in power by pandering to those who he felt could benefit him. Patriots, it's me, Wayne Allyn otherwise known as War. I have a very special announcement for all of you. My hit show, Wayne Allyn Root, Raw and Unfiltered, is coming to the brand new station that's taking over the nation, Blessed News Network. God has opened a door in my life to be part of this amazing new Christian conservative network, live every night at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, on our channel on Roku TV, Apple TV, Amazon Fire TV, and streaming live on the Blessed News iPhone and Android apps. Tune in to watch me drive home the truth and dismantle the fake news narrative with big name nightly guests and exclusive interviews with all the heavy hitters you know and love. Become part of history as we make America godly again and launch the first faith-centered conservative broadcasting network where Jesus Christ is commander-in-chief of all of our stories and where truth and integrity really matter. Join me Monday through Friday on any of our platforms or on the Blessed News website, blessed.news, where you can stream all the shows for free. Or you can sign up for Blessed Plus for even more access to Raw and Unfiltered with me, Wayne Allen Root, the hardest working man in show business. Thank you, and God bless America. Steel News will be joining the Blessed News Network 11 p.m. weeknights. I'm Ann Vandersteel, and I'm very excited to be a part of the programming put together by Jake Lang. Doesn't matter if he's behind bars. He's a January 6th political hero, as far as I'm concerned. And Steel News will be reporting the truth of everything happening, not only in the swamp, but around the world to help you put into context what's really going on so you can make the best decisions for you and your family. Steel News, 11 p.m. on the Blessed News Network. Welcome to part one of our most corrupt series episode on Ohio. Rune, Rune, been on the concern in night. Davison's threatening me, and uh, needless to say, about two months later, my brother and I were indicted for that tax. The repaid into Delaware. In 1977, he co-sponsored an amendment by closing the loopholes in that measure which was signed into law by President James Carter in 1978. This would not be the first time Biden would change his official position on an important topic if it meant that he could sway votes and stay in power 
by pandering to those who he felt could benefit him. Biden softened on his segregation mentality, as did, to be fair, Senator Robert Byrd, who, in later life, denounced his years in the Klan and being supported in his political career by the KKK, and he apologized for his involvement. Biden, seeing the political winds, went after the Reagan administration, in particular Secretary of State George Shultz, at a Senate hearing regarding the administration's support of South Africa, which was anti-communist and dealing with communist-supported terrorists, despite its continued policy of apartheid. When Biden was chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee in 1987, Biden displayed his severe partisanship and was credited with Supreme Court nominee Robert Bork's failing to be confirmed. Biden, along with Senator Edward Kennedy from Massachusetts, also opposed Clarence Thomas's Supreme Court nomination, where he took some heat regarding accusations made by Anita Hill, who accused Thomas of making unwanted sexual advances. In 1987, Biden decided to run for the U.S. presidency, but dropped out of the Democratic primary after it was shown that he had plagiarized part of a speech given by British Labour Party leader Neil Kinnock. Biden has also made several false claims that he had earned three degrees in college, that he attended law school on a full scholarship, and that he graduated in the top half of his class. None of that was true. He also claimed that he had marched in the civil rights movement, which was a lie. The news services and fact-checkers blew it all in the open. And on September 23, 1987, Biden withdrew his candidacy, saying, it had been overrun by the exaggerated shadow of his past mistakes. We will revisit this commonly repeated theme later as well, in part two. Biden had been suffering from severe headaches during his campaign and, after dropping out in 1988, it was discovered that he had two life-threatening brain aneurysms requiring surgery. Complications from the surgery created blood clots in his lungs requiring another surgery. Biden was unable to work in the Senate for seven months. Biden also served as chairman of the Committee on Foreign Relations for several years. His many foreign policy positions included advocating for strategic arms limitation with the Soviet Union, promoting peace and stability in the Balkans, expanding NATO to include former Soviet bloc nations, and opposing the first Gulf War at the beginning of Operation Desert Shield in 1990, followed by Operation Deathed Storm in January 1991. Biden voted against authorization for the Gulf War in 1991, siding with 45 of the 55 Democratic senators in opposition. His concern was that the U.S. was bearing almost all the military and financial burden in the United Nations coalition force. In 1993, Biden voted for a provision that decided that homosexuality was incompatible with military life, violating the Uniform Code of Military Justice, which banned gays from serving in the armed forces. If homosexuals were discovered serving in uniform, they were liable to be court-martialed until President Bill Clinton introduced the Don't Ask, Don't Tell policy. Subsequently, Biden voted for the Defense of Marriage Act in 1996, which prohibited the federal government from recognizing same-sex marriages, thereby barring individuals in such marriages from equal protection under federal law and allowing states to do the same. In 2015, that act was ruled unconstitutional in 
Obergefell v. Hodges. However, while in the Obama administration as vice president, he again changed his position, flip-flopping on that subject and ran for president on the pro-same-sex marriage platform. As president today, in a total 180-degree turn from his previous position, he vowed supports not only same-sex marriage, but also gays openly serving in the military, as well as transgender persons. In addition to foreign policy, Biden was an outspoken proponent of tougher crime laws and, in 1994, during the Clinton administration, he sponsored the Violent Crime Control and Law Enforcement Act to add 100,000 police officers, a ban on assault weapons, which liberals are never able to define, and increased sentences for a host of crimes. One provision was the habitual offender argument, better known as the Three Strikes Law, which incarcerated hundreds of thousands of people, especially minorities, for even a small legal infraction. Some states already had habitual offender laws, but Biden supported increasing the role of the United States Department of Justice's anti-violence strategy. These laws require a person who was convicted of an offense and who has one or two other previous serious convictions to serve a mandatory life sentence in prison with or without parole depending upon the jurisdiction and if the crimes were violent in nature. The Violent Crime Control and Law Enforcement Act was passed with bipartisan support in April 1994 and was originally written by Senator Joe Biden. Many liberals complain today that the law disparaged minorities, especially blacks who were serving life sentences and Democratic states will follow the administration's position and enhanced their own provisions. According to the ACLU, following passage of the Federal Crime Bill, incarceration rates continued to climb for an additional 14 years. First, the 1994 Crime Bill gave the federal stamp of approval for a stage to pass even more tough-on-crime laws. By 1994, all states had passed at least one mandatory minimum law, but the 1994 crime bill encouraged even more punitive laws and harsher practices on the ground, including by prosecutors and police to lock up more people and for longer periods of time. This increase in punishments also increased the growth industry of private prisons, which contracted with the various states. The companies that owned these operations sent their lobbyists to Washington, D.C. and contributed heavily to Democrats' re-election campaigns, including Biden. Biden in recent years has apologized for that law, which put so many potential Democrat voters in prison for very long sentences. But that only came after he again switched his position on crime, due to the rise of the domestic terror groups Black Lives Matter, Antifa, and the unhinged and unfounded outcry claiming systemic racism against minorities. Biden was critical of independent counselor Ken Starr's investigations during the 1990s covering the Whitewater and Monica Lewinsky scandals plaguing the Clinton administration. He voted to acquit President Clinton during the impeachment proceedings. Biden stated, It's going to be a cold day in hell before another independent counsel would be granted similar powers. That was before he became president where he needed his attorney general, the ineffective, corrupt, and incompetent Merrick Garland, to involve himself in appointing various independent counsels to protect him, his son Hunter, and the Biden crime family. Before the start of the Yugoslav Civil War, as tensions were increasing, 
Biden held a tense three-hour meeting with Serbian leader Slobodan Milosevic in April 1993. Again, to his credit, Biden worked on several versions of legislative language urging the U.S. toward greater involvement. Biden has rightly considered his role in the Balkans crisis as his proudest moment in public life regarding foreign policy. In 1999, during the Kosovo War, Biden supported the 1999 NATO bombings and he, with Senator John McCain, co-sponsored the McCain-Biden Kosovo Resolution, which called on Clinton to use all necessary force, including ground troops, to confront Milosevic over Yugoslav actions toward ethnic Albanians in Kosovo. Biden was a strong supporter of the war in Afghanistan, saying, whatever it takes, we should do it. As head of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, he said in 2002 that Iraqi President Saddam Hussein was, quote, a threat to national security, and there was no other option than to eliminate that threat. In October 2002, as one of the most vocal hawks on Capitol Hill, he voted in favor of the authorization for use of military force against Iraq, approving the U.S. invasion. By late 2006, Biden's stance had changed, and he completely reversed his previous opinions. He opposed the troop surge of 2007, saying General David Petraeus was dead flat wrong in believing the surge could work, but Biden was wrong. In part two, we will dive deeper into Joseph Biden's political past, his involvement in foreign policy, as well as the many accusations of sexual advances, sexual assault, and then later we will continue with the ongoing impeachment proceeding and the continuing saga of the Biden crime family's operations. So they have a very well done Forgotten History uh, does that, and uh, there's many that you can watch. I will have part two when that comes out, and uh, we'll talk about it. So Biden, as you can see, is your typical uh, swamp dweller, your typical flip-flopper that uh, we've seen all too often on both sides of the aisle. And uh, this is, I think, what um, what makes Trump so much more attractive to people. And, um, you know, the... The, uh, the the globalists, the the deep state, whatever you want to call them, they continue to not get the message, and they're basically operating in fear that they're going to lose their power, and that indeed they will. We'll be right back. Hey, patriots, it's Jeff Wagner. Let's face it, it's getting harder and harder to make ends meet. It's only going to get worse. This inflation is going to continue. As a matter of fact, our dollar is in jeopardy of even existing with the crazies that want to go to the digital currency to control us all. You can go to KirkElliottPhD.com slash The Patriot Review, get all kinds of free, great information, and invest in gold and silver for your future. Our world is full of electromagnetic fields that even though we can't see them, are affecting our bodies, our sleep, and even our ability to think clearly. The advent of 5G is only making this worse. There is an answer. Visit Fix the World by clicking the link in the Patriot Review show description below to view natural products that can actually protect you from EMF and 5G and even improve your sleep. Skeptical? Get the free Dangers of EMF Radiation eBook free by clicking on its direct link 
also in the show description. Here's a nutritional hack anyone can master. Replace a meal a day with our kingdom feel. Or if you're a mosh in the gym, add a shake to your daily meal plan. Our unique meal shakes are balanced, low glycemic, rich in fiber, 20 grams of clean protein, essential vitamins and minerals, healthy fat, and organic fruits and vegetables. Kingdom Fuel is vegan with a complete amino acid profile. Bottom line, it's a simple start to a transformed life. No gimmicks, just results. Start today. Hey Patriots, you can save up to 66% at MyPillow.com when you use the code TPR. That stands for The Patriot Review. That's TPR or call 800-519-9927. That's 800-519-9927. I use these products myself. I can tell you they are the best quality bar none. So go ahead, use the code TPR and get up to 66% off right now. Coming to you from the land of common sense and American pride. Not a unicorn or rainbow in sight. Welcome back to the Patriot Review with Jeff Wagner. It was the deep state and I wanted to destroy America. I would rig the election with a puppet candidate. One that was so compromised that they would never say a word about it. I would create a false flag that allows for mail-in ballots. I would be in charge of the ballot counting machines. I would create a false flag to blame all who question the results of the election. If I was the deep state, I would prosecute anyone that went against me. I would sue and prosecute anyone that spoke up about the fraudulent election. I would use my powers to shut down all your internet businesses and bankrupt you. If I was the deep state, I would make everyone an example why you should never question a Democrat ever winning an election. I would imprison my foes. I would use my corrupt DAs and blackmailed judges to destroy you. I would make sure all crimes I ever committed never happened. I would prosecute my biggest competition. I would make sure they could never run for office ever again. If I was the deep state, I would convince everyone that Ukraine Nazis were good and women are men. If I was the deep state, I would own every politician that mattered. If I was the deep state, I would push my pedophilia ambitions on you. If I was the deep state, you'd question your sexual identity but not the medical establishment. If I was the deep state, you would fear to ever resist me. If I was the deep state, you would wish I was really the devil. If I was the deep state, I would say mission accomplished. Yeah, isn't that the truth? The take on uh, Paul Harvey's 1965, If I Were the Devil, broadcast. And we're seeing that come to fruition. Um, what Harvey said what is, what is happening. He was prophetic. And if you haven't heard that, check that out. I've played it on the show before. I probably will again. But um, for sure, for sure, for sure, we're seeing it. So this whole argument today the difference and the reason why they hate trump you probably already know you probably already guessed it's because he's a truth teller 
they say, oh, but Trump is so abrasive and his his Twitters are this and that. And you know what it is? It's the woke victimhood mentality that can't take direct truth. That's what it is. It's it's the um, as long as I am supported and told I'm wonderful and can be the narcissist that I want to be, you know, I don't really care what government does. Uh, to the point of turning our our country into Venezuela, we have people who don't understand history. We have people who don't understand what's coming, and furthermore, they don't care about it. And they've been they've been literally brainwashed in our education system, as you know. And uh, it just continues and continues. So I know you're all very familiar with Trump and what he's what he's promising to do in 2024. But I thought it'd be worthwhile to take a look at that again because what it really does is it shows the stark difference it shows the difference between the power hungry money whores like biden and trump who remember didn't take the presidential salary when he was president and uh, well i guess not much has changed because he also won the election in 2020 and he's not taking a salary for it either right but um anyway so so if, as we take a look at this, I mean, it's it's really evident that, again, you have a deep stater. You have a guy who's not as polished as many of the deep staters on both sides of the aisle. Uh, the swamp is full, and um, Trump has his hands full when he wins the election. Uh, <laughs> if there's an election, if there's an election, a lot of people are, are saying there might not even be an election. But anyway, I'm going to show you this, and... Um, you'll see why again because he stands for you and me he stands for the country he stands for what's best for the country overall and not getting into these uh ridiculous woke issues down in the mud with the rest of the deep staters who use it just to gain power and wealth all right let's take a look and here are just some of what we will do when we become the 47th president we of the United States. Before I even arrive at the Oval Office, shortly after I win the presidency, I will have the horrible war between Russia and Ukraine settled. Look, that's a war that should have never, would have never taken place. Putin would have never done it, would have never done it. It'll be done very quickly. The United States must also build a state-of-the-art missile defense shield. Look, we got to have a missile defense shield. We got all these maniacs in all these countries, not only countries, big countries where you can talk and, you know, they have a lot to lose also, but you have people getting nuclear missiles. I wanted to stop that. We, we had it stopped with Iran. We have to have a, a shield. I want to build a shield around our country. And these shields work. Frankly, if, if Israel didn't have a shield, you wouldn't have Israel today. You wouldn't have. They stop thousands of rockets a week. But we have to build a much more sophisticated shield, and it's going to be made right here in the USA, so it's not all bad. And a lot of it's going to be made in New Hampshire. A lot of it's made in New Hampshire. We're going to have a nice big shield. And for years, American taxpayers have bankrolled Space Age missile defense system to protect foreign nations. We do these incredible things, and we give it to foreign nations. We have very little ammunition now. How about Biden a couple of months ago? says, we uh, have a problem. We have very little ammunition. Can you imagine? Let's assume that's true. It is true. But wh who would say that? You don't say that. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we have communist China and we have Russia that hate us. Uh, I want to say right now we have very little ammunition. He actually said we have very little. 
if even if it's true, we, number one, we shouldn't have been in that position. But we have given so much ammunition to other countries, and particularly Ukraine. We don't have any ammunition. These people, well, it's like the guy I told you about. Well, you'll be making a lot of our ammunition. We're going to have, we had so much ammunition, it was, we were blowing, we were blowing it into warehouses. We were taking warehouses all over the country, storing our ammunition. We had so much ammunition, and now we have very little, just like in the strategic reserves, we have very little gas. Under my leadership, we will once again protect our own people with our own missile defense system capable of blasting China, Russia, Iranian missiles out of the sky. And we will, in addition, have offensive weapons that will be second to none. We'll have the greatest weaponry. We have the best people. You know, Russia stole the super, we call them the super dupers, right? They go super fast. They stole that during the Obama administration. They stole the plans. It was all very highly classified. They stole the plans and they built it. Americans deserve an Iron Dome, and that's what we're going to have. We're going to have an Iron Dome around our country. And we'll save a fortune because a lot of countries that we protect, number one, they can't stand us. Number two, they don't deserve protection. The money we waste is incredible. I will end Joe Biden's inflation disaster, and we will quickly rebuild the greatest economy in the history of the world. Very quickly. It's going to go fast. Get ready. And unlike the sanctimonious who voted to gut Medicare and Social Security and voted three times to raise the retirement age to 70, I will always protect Medicare and Social Security for our great seniors. We're not going to be raising ages like you. We have so many other things we can do, like, as an example, utilize what's under our feet, liquid gold. We're going to make so much money with our liquid gold. We were all set and we were starting to do it. We were energy independent within six months. We were going to be energy dominant all over the world. And this guy stopped it. On day one, I will repeal Joe Biden's insane electric vehicle mandate. Everybody has to have an electric car. Under a Trump administration, gasoline-powered engines will be allowed, but child sexual mutilation will be banned. Yeah. Can you imagine having to say that? No, can you imagine having to say it? Can you imagine 15 years ago, if you had a politician, can you believe I'm a politician? I got to say I'm a politician, I guess. But can you imagine you had somebody up here running for office and he said, we will ban, we're going to ban child sexual mutilation. People would say, is this guy crazy? Of course. So. Or we're going to give parental rights back in our schools. Who would, who would think they've taken it away? They're arresting parents. They're arresting parents. I will also sign a new executive order to cut federal funding for any school pushing critical race theory, transgender insanity, and any other inappropriate racial, sexual, or political content on our children. And I will not give one penny to any school that has a vaccine mandate or a mask mandate. And I will keep men out of women's sports. Is that okay? Crazy. You ever see some of the records that are being broken? Records that were good for 18 years and now they're being, 
They're being obliter. Yeah, weightlifter. He says, do. He wants me. But can you imagine weightlifting records being broken by 150 pounds? They'd put an ounce on each side, one ounce. They'd put another ounce on the other side. They'd, they'd try. They couldn't do it. Guy, a guy comes along. A guy comes along. Have you lifted before? No, not really. Bing. <laughs> it's terrible. The swimming. Look at the swimming records, right? The swimming records are being shattered. And you know, it's very demeaning to women what's taking place here, but... And people are afraid to talk about it. Even like the swimmers on the swimming team, I was watching, oh, I'd rather not. They're afraid to talk about it. This is like fascism. This is crazy. They're afraid to talk about it. But we'll get rid of men in women's sports. That's not happening. Just as I did for four years, I will fully uphold our Second Amendment. And we will restore free speech in America. Free speech. And along with our borders, probably the most important thing of all, we will secure our elections. Because if you don't have borders, and if you don't have fair elections, this country will not survive. No country can. Our goal will be one day voting with paper ballots and voter ID. But until then, Republicans, you have to get out in November. We have to do it twice a year. In January, we're going to do that. We're going to win the primary big. But we have to get out in November. We can't let them cheat. The only way they beat us is going to be if they cheat. They can't beat us otherwise. They don't have the votes. We don't want to see those votes get uh, manipulated. We don't want to get the biggest problem. You know, they're all saying about don't vote on Tuesday. Vote early. No, no. The biggest problem is they make fake ballots. OK, that's the biggest problem. And a lot of Republicans are very naive when they don't say that. They say, oh, vote early, vote early. We want to build. No, no. The big problem we have to do, we got to stop fake ballots from being made. And if we don't do that, this country's in damn big trouble. This is what <laughs> So as you can tell, I mean, Trump comes across, you know, as, as, as if you're having a conversation with him. And uh, that's, I think, what it, what attracts people to to him is, is not only that, but he also delivered on most every promise that he gave uh, in 2016. And we haven't seen that since since Reagan, and, and a lot of people will criticize Reagan, of course, for the tax increases. But I would remind them that he had a, a Democratic House and Senate that uh, he made a deal with that, of course, was not honored by the opposite side of the aisle. And uh, therefore, everything was kicked down the, down the timeline, and here we sit today, uh, and we're in trouble. So I hope you enjoyed today's show. I'd like to know what you think about uh, the comparison. Obviously, there's there's going to be much more as far as the uh, scandalous Biden administration as we look back in history as more is exposed. So I think that that story is only partially able to actually be uh, shared because there's so much more discovery to come. All right, it's Friday, so have a great weekend, and I will see you on Monday. God bless you all.